Hello and welcome to the Pivot People podcast. My name is Kim, I am your host and I am a professional nosy parker. Have you ever come across a person and you just want to ask them all of the questions about their job? What are you doing? How are you doing it? Who are you doing it with? How much do you get paid? How did you get into it? This is the podcast for you because I'm going to take you on a journey where we actually ask the questions. We're going in deep. I'm not holding back, guys. I want to know everything. So if you're a nosy parker, come along. Let's go. Today's guest is a really great friend of mine. Her name is Fee, and she's got the most incredible career transitioning story. It was a real painful experience for her, as changing careers can be. So I'm really excited to talk to her a little bit about what it took to just get in tune with who she is and what she wants to do. She was probably the first person in my friendship circle that made the bold move to change careers and face up to the realization that her current career isn't working for her. And the term I use for that is like your box career. That means it's the career that you've put yourself on the line for, you've done training, you've invested in it, you spent all this time only to discover that you've moved on, you've grown, and the career that you wanted isn't quite what you got. And so it's a massive shift making that change. Fee's story is so compelling and there's so much to it. I have broken it up into two parts. So the first part is all about how to deal with a toxic work environment and how to get out. It's really hard. It's like being in one of those awful relationships where you get tiny grains of affection and then you live in a hopeful state that it's going to be better. Very rarely does it ever get better. So what do you do when you get stuck in these places? Fee has got her story. She's going to share what she did. It took a lot of work and you just can't help but be be kind of proud of her for what she achieved. And then the second part is the bravery it takes to tune into who you are, what you're about, and being brave enough to try new things and learn new things and make mistakes along the way. As we know, that can be very emotionally challenging and takes a certain level of EQ to get through. I think you're going to enjoy it. So coming up, this is part one of two. Hello. Thank you for joining me today. So I'm really keen to hear about, and I called it earlier when I was talking to you before, like the out the box career, that career that you were supposed to have, that you studied for, that you put all your effort into. Tell me a bit about that. What was it? I did my science degree at uni um, and straight out of uni, I got a job working as a lab technician at a water testing laboratory. It was a really cool job. It was, I was basically doing science experiments all day, every day. It was an important role. You're testing the drinking water, the wastewater, pool water, um, all these different varieties that keep people safe in their everyday lives. Yeah, it it did. It really ticked all of my boxes. It was a small team. Um, I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed the people most of the time. 
it was really good. And then about four years into that, I became lab manager, um, which I don't know, I think I was about 25. Um, I thought was amazing, like 25 and managing my own lab. Um, but it took me out of the laboratory. I was in front of a computer all day. I was dealing with the politics of working with a big company that the lab was under. Um, and the politics involved in that was something I hadn't, like, I hadn't trained for, I hadn't studied for, I didn't know how to navigate that. Um, none of my superiors were helping me in any way. I wasn't getting any form of mentorship. And that included for leading the lab, because it meant that I was also managing a group of people that I hadn't had any training in. I hadn't didn't have any support. Um, it was a really difficult time for me mentally. Um, that lack of support and know-how was just, it was really draining. Um, and I'm also a person that is quite prone to depression. Um, so it was a really dark time in my life. And I knew that my work situation was a massive part of it. Um, and I decided that I had to get out. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know where I wanted to go, but I knew I couldn't stay where I was. Um, and that in itself was really scary because like I'm from a medium sized town. There's not a lot of science jobs. And those that are going, because there's not many of them and they've got all of these people applying, they can ask for really high standards. And so a lot of almost beginner type roles were still asking for 10 years experience and a PhD. And I didn't have that. I had a bachelor's degree and five years experience. And so I wasn't even getting a foot in the door. And after a while of still working at this lab, doing ridiculous overtime hours, dealing with like difficult employees that I wasn't getting any help with, dealing with my difficult management. Um, I just decided I didn't want anything to do with the science industry at all. Um, and so I sat down and had a really big think about where my interests were and what I wanted to do with my career going forward um, and came to the conclusion that like exercise has always been a really important part of my life um, it's something I'm really passionate about and so I was like okay well I can retrain as something else and the first thing that kind of came to my mind that I would be quite interested in was physiotherapy. But that's, I don't know, like a five-year degree kind of thing, and you have to go Auckland or Dunedin. Um, and I wasn't even 100% sure if that's where I wanted to go. So I thought about it some more and figured massage therapy was a really good way to introduce myself to that side of like physiotherapy, sports people, dealing with the body. Um, and 
so while I was still working at the lab, I decided I would give massage therapy a go um, and enrolled for a part-time study course to get my certificate in that. So I was working full-time and then every second or third weekend I was then driving up to Auckland and doing my study and that lasted for about nine months. And then basically... I was probably only a couple of months into my course and I was really enjoying it. And I was like, right, I need to give myself that deadline because otherwise I'm just endlessly working towards something that I don't know that's going to eventuate. So I handed in my notice to the, to the, to the lab. Um, and that was terrifying because I didn't have a job lined up. Um, I did give them, like, it was like a six-month notice because I was still studying and I wanted to keep my job until I had my qualification. Um, but I just knew I needed to have that end in sight for my own mental health, for my own mental safety, because it was it was just, it was draining and it was taxing and I was getting deeper and deeper into this black hole and I needed to get out. Um, and I knew that it meant I'd be going from a really good pay scale to potentially cutting that in half, if not less. And I had a big chat to my husband about it. Um, and we both decided that happiness is more important than pay. Always. Always. Um no matter how much you get paid, the misery isn't worth it. Um, so, yeah, so that was basically the end of that chapter. I worked out those six months, um, got my qualification, got a job at a local health clinic and left. And it was terrifying and it was exhilarating and nerve-wracking and all of the emotions were going through me for ages before and even for those few weeks after I left the lab I was like is this the right decision have I made the right call what if I hate it um but I quickly got over that and I haven't looked back since it was one of the best calls I've ever made to leave that really toxic environment and move into something that I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, so that was, I guess, the first transition that I made. <laughs> what a story. As, as you were talking to me, I was thinking about, like, my experience as well in teaching, and you could have literally taken the context and replaced the word lab with teaching, and our stories would almost be parallel. Yeah, it's really interesting. The only bits that are different is kind of like the way you organized yourself to leave. I did mine a bit different. And I think that's part of the trouble as well, because when you've realized and you've come to that point in your career, that's like, this isn't working. I need to do something. You almost feel paralyzed in that bit because you don't know what the doing looks like. Yeah. And you get stuck in that and then you get that fear overload of what if I fail? What if um, I can't pay my bills or, you know, all the what ifs you can think of get yeah. in the way and create that barrier. So it's really interesting to hear that you you kind of worked through that and thought about it. And you're like, no, I'm going to empower myself. 
I'm going to upskill myself. I'm going to tap into who I am as a person. I'm going to stay true to that. Moreover, I'm going to think about the things that I really like and enjoy in life. And I'm going to pursue that. Yeah. I'm going to go studying. I've created a timeline for myself. I've created an exit plan. And I've even put an action in there. I'm going to hand in my notice. And then I know six months after that, that's when I'm done. You created, you took control of the whole situation. And I think that is really commendable because there's so many people I talk to in teaching that haven't quite worked that bit out yet because they're so in the thick and the heaviness of their situation. Yeah, I think it really involves having to take a step back and remove yourself from where you are to figure that out and to figure out a way forward. Um, How did you do that thing? If you don't mind me asking, like, what was your your strategy to be able to create that space and a bit of distance from the situation so then you can have that clearer mindset to be able to um, think clearly and create your plan? Oh, I, I don't know. I think partly it just, I got to a point where I didn't, and it's, it's going to sound a little bit terrible, but I, it came to the point that I didn't care about my job anymore. And so I was able to, because I didn't care, I could kind of step back and look at it and be like, this is a shit situation. Excuse the language. I, I, I kind of just knew I needed to get out. I'm not an impulsive person. And so knowing that I had to get out automatically means in my head that I needed that exit strategy yeah um so I yeah I did and it yeah it was a lot of thought and like contemplating things um and then when I told people what I was doing it seemed so out of the blue um and they were all really shocked and surprised and um but for me because I'd been thinking about it for so long and had in my head had connected the massage and the sports and like my passion for activeness that it wasn't a random step but to the any outsiders it kind of really was what were some of the things that people might say to you and how did you respond do you remember um there was a lot of people that asked about like how I was going to cope with like the change in pay scale um, because that was, I mean, massage therapists don't earn great money um, and I was a manager of a lab. So very, very different grades of work. Um, and, yeah, so people were like, oh, how are you going to cope with like the cut and pay? And I was just like, well, if it means I have to cut back on a few luxuries, it's worth it for my mental health. It was worth taking that pay cut, worth earning a little bit less money to be that much happier in myself. We um, talk about this a lot in the teaching group as well, about the money section, because the fear of stepping away from that and earning even less is quite like triggering for a lot of people, especially those ones that are like, you know, single parents, mortgages, all those kind of things. So it's really interesting that the main talk that you had was about money. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was yeah, it was one that came up really often and it actually happened at the same time my husband was also changing his career. Um and he was starting up his own company um building bike tracks and so he was taking a massive pay cut as well. Well, he was going from having a job to basically not having an income because we're building our own company. Um and so the two combined, it was it was terrifying. It was really scary to know that we were cutting back so much on our financial income. But he was also miserable in his job. And we knew that we could make it work on less. Um, and I also knew that if it didn't work out and I needed to up that income, I would just I would try and go back into that science sector, not to where I was and not with that company. I like would try go somewhere else. Or if his company didn't work out, he could go back. He knew he could go back to where he was, which he really didn't want to do. Um but you see, yeah. Yeah. Since the backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having that there, we it was something that we really didn't want to use. And so it made us work that much harder to make it work. Yeah. The risk, risk versus reward system. And people by nature, they're driven by pleasure or pain. I hate this. I don't want any more of it. Or I really like this. I want more of that. Yeah. So it's really cool that you kind of found that scary balance of like, oh, this is my threshold. This is my push point but I'm just going to commit to this. I'm going to go for it because that's my passion and I'm driven for chasing more joy for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. So then you're driven for chasing more joy for myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's awesome. So then you went through the massage area? Yep, I did that. Um, And I did that for a good few years. And then... Like, I still enjoyed it. I didn't enjoy so much where I was working, maybe. Um, There was a lot more downtime, and in our downtime, we were expected to clean. And so I was basically just a glorified cleaner a lot of the time. Um, I didn't want to strike out on my own because I'd done a little bit of that at home, kind of I was working only four days a week as a massage therapist, and so I was telling myself I'd make up the extra time doing it at home, but found I was a really good procrastinator, and I'd fill up my days with things, and then somebody would message me asking for a booking, and I'd be like, oh, that's really interrupting my day, (laughs) as opposed to being like, oh, yeah, this is what I should be doing. Um, So I knew that doing massage on my own wasn't really going to be much of a success because, yeah, personal time, apparently. (laughs) Um, And it had happened that a native plant nursery that I used to work at as a student way back when I was studying, um, it's where my mum works and she had been complaining, well, not complaining, but she'd been telling me how busy they were and how rushed off their feet they were. And so I had said to them, look, 
I'm already like a fully trained nursery person planting trees. Um, did they want me to come in like on my days that I wasn't at the massage clinic um, and just help them out a little bit for a few months until they sort of helped get their backlog sorted? And they were really excited about that. Um, and what started out as like a plan for a couple of months, I don't know, turned into they did it for a year or so with them. And then um, the owner of the nursery knew that I wasn't really that happy with the massage situation. And so she offered me a full-time job. Um, and I had to think about it for a while. The money wasn't an issue because it wasn't, well, I was basically going same, same. Um, so that was kind of good because it ruled out that as something to think about. Um, and then decided to, yeah, go for it. Massage is something that I will have for the rest of my life. Um, I wasn't happy where I was working. It doesn't mean that I was leaving the massage industry um, because you could always get back into it. Um, so, yeah, so I decided why not give it a go? It was like the work's all outside. It's physical. I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, and she was giving me the opportunity to grow within the company. Um, so I started learning more about the plants. I started dealing with customers a little bit more and learning about how um, to put gardens together, um, what kind of plants go with what, what works well in like an ornamental garden or a revegetation re revegetation situation. Um, and so that was really cool and I was quite enjoying it. Um, and... I was, yeah, working my way through that. I did, I was there for a few years. And in the meantime, in the background, my husband had been working on his company um, and it was doing really, really well. And it got to the point that he was needing help with the admin side of things. And so he turned to me and he said, look, do you want to come and help me with the company? It's our company. Um, or I'm going to need to look at hiring someone to come and help. And that was a really, really hard decision because I did, I enjoyed the nursery. I enjoyed the people that I was working with. Um, I really liked the work. I was learning stuff. But on the other hand, as a company that I am part owner of and would have been really rewarding to help move that forward and um like I knew my husband was he was really busy he'd be out on the tools all day and then he'd come home and he'd be on the computer till midnight and I was like if I could make that a little bit easier for him then that's really rewarding as well um I've never done admin kind of work and I was like I have no idea what it entails I'm not the most organized person so I was like it's gonna be 
a huge challenge. Like I'm going to need all sorts of notes and reminders. Um, and I really, I did, I really struggled with that decision. It took a few weeks. Um, it took me talking to my husband, to my mum, to my stepdad, with, to my sister, to my dad, um, to friends. Just, I, I was getting everybody's opinion on what they thought I should do because I couldn't decide what I should do. Um, so I was basically trying to get other people to make my mind up for me. Um, which, as we all know, never really works in the end. You've got to make it up yourself. I, know, I feel like that there is. There's always the, the end decision is always with you. Yeah. Always. But with big life decisions, I feel like it's not that you're asking people to make that choice for you. You're testing the choice and you're soundboarding off and you're getting yeah. different perspectives and looking at different angles. You're working out, is this just me and my nerves or is this actually a good idea? What yeah. yeah. And I think that's a really healthy process to go through. Yeah. And it was it was quite good talking to so many different people because they all had different they all had different perspective basically and they'd ask different questions about what like the pros and the cons of each situation were um so it did help sort of open my mind and my eyes to like the whole situation I guess as opposed to just the small should I shouldn't I what a different experience to the other times like the first time we were driven by pure pain <laughs> and was like, I'm going into massage and then just opportunities presented itself and you followed the flow of opportunity and then up comes another decision rather than opportunistic situation. And you're like, I have to make a choice here. Yeah. But it wasn't because you were hating where you were. It was kind of like, is this actually what I want to do? Is this going to be a good fit for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what so, was your and, conclusion? well, we eventually decided I'd give it a go. I mean, if I hated it, then the nursery would always welcome me back with open arms and we would employ somebody to be an office person. Um, that was two years ago. I am still the office person for our company. Um, probably sometimes to the detriment of the work <laughs> my organization skills still require some upskilling um no not to the detriment absolutely not um but so i don't believe that for a second <laughs> no um but no i definitely have post-it notes everywhere and if it doesn't end up in my diary things get forgotten very easily um know yourself know your strengths yeah so it's, it has been it's been a learning curve um but it's good it's it's challenging me because it is teaching me different things um can we and, talk a little bit about that actually in what it's like starting a job where you feel I'm not saying it's the actual situation here <laughs> but you feel like you're not the right person for this job you're not sure there's uncertainty here maybe you're thinking of like I'm keen to try this thing but I actually don't have much experience in it how are you navigating that um it it was hard it was really hard I 
I had no idea what I was doing. So it did involve lots of sitting down with my husband and learning his systems and how he's done everything up until this point. Um, and some of them straight away, I was like, well, I'm going to make that better. Um, it's dreamland. <laughs> man logic. Sorry, man. You're lovely. We love you. <laughs> Sometimes, though, like it goes A to C to D to B. And it's a lot easier <laughs> just to go A to B. Um, so that it, it really helped seeing how he did it. And I did it in his way for a while to get my head around where I was starting and where I was ending before I could go in and change the middle. Um, and also I met up with our accountant and he took me through a learning session with Zero. Um, so I could figure out how to do that whole side of things because that was all I've never dealt with anything in that kind of situation. So that kind of takes like a bit of bravery in itself, doesn't it? To go, hey, I don't know this and actually own it rather than sit there quietly pretending that you know and bumbling through it, whether you mean to or not, and actually identify, oh, I need help with that bit. Yeah, there's only so much that like Googling and YouTubing can teach you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and I can't remember if I reached out to the accountant or if he offered it and said that look if he wants to learn something like let us know and we'll give her like a little tutorial like uh, everything <laughs> yeah all of it um, but that was that was really good um, so they taught me like the basics of um, the invoicing and paying the bills and that kind of stuff um, and doing all of that through zero, which meant that everything was a lot easier to follow and it was a lot more streamlined. Um, whereas my husband had a lot of Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> um, which I mean worked for him and it was fine. He didn't have time to go and do the learning stuff with the accountant and he was too busy doing other stuff. Um, actually working and making the company work. Um, so, yeah, so it was good that I had the time to finally sit down and learn that kind of stuff for the business. Um, yeah. And that is the end of part one of two of Fiona's career story. What? an episode. I know she wasn't a teacher, she's never worked in education, but I think you'll agree what she was talking about was so relatable, unfortunately. Part two is all about how to deal with the stress of making all of these big changes in your life and how to be brave and own up to the fact that you're going to be doing new things, you're going to be feeling a certain kind of feeling and just going with it being brave, learning new things, doing new things, and just getting yourself to the other side. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can hit that follow button, hit that like button, hit that share button, send it over to anybody else that you think would like to hear the episode. And, you know, maybe one day you might also want to be on an episode. If you've got a compelling story to tell, you can email me on hello at pivotpeople.co.nz. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.